0: I feel like a little kid, like the excitement that I have seeing Baker, seeing these guys seeing, you know, we
1: talk a lot about this offense, but this defense is something special. Um, and, and this team is really coming together, but, you know, the good part about it is it's only June, beginning of June, still got a lot of time, still got a whole training camp to go through, um, and I feel like this team is really going to come together, but I'm, I'm beyond excited about an opportunity I have to, to start over, um, a new team, obviously the goal is always going to be the same. Uh to hang banners, that's what
0: we play this game for, but we know we got a lot of we know we got a lot of work to do, um, and I think we'll get to, I'm You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening everybody, uh, guys and gals, children of all ages, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. brought to you by the good folks at Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Make some plans of your own and get something together. Go to Hotels.com. Get rewarded everywhere. Be there, do that, get rewarded with Hotels.com, the Himalaya podcast app. Um, Like I said, guys, you go there, you start following some pods that you like. They start suggesting some that fit into what you like with the TiVo approach. So check out the folks over at Himalaya uh, doing a fantastic job over there. Uh, Obviously the opening, and one of the reasons I chose that from uh, from Odell today was me and Pete tried to say to you yesterday, imagine what this looked like on June 4th. Imagine what this can look like going forward. And uh, look, I've gotten to see Odell up close here for five years here in New Jersey. And look, there's a little quirkiness to him and there's a little flamboyance and showboat to him. But I've said this a million times, it doesn't mean the guy doesn't do the work. It doesn't mean the guy doesn't care about the game. And when he is done, he wants people 10 years later, when they talk about some of the best receivers in the NFL, to mention the name Odell Beckham Jr. Trust me, that is the guy you got. And uh, we're, we're going to get into that in a second because Pete's got some great thoughts uh, from you know, Odell speaking today, which was fantastic. But I guess we will start with this. And, Pete, I I don't know if we started digging this grave last night. Um, but uh, Des Harrison, and Pete, I remember this explicitly the first time we talked about this. And, you know, he was part of, you know, the UDFA class of the 2018 draft. And, you know, you had mentioned some things. But I remember me, the line I said was, Des Harrison could be here for three weeks. He could be here for three months. He could be here for three years it's all on des harrison are you going to grow up are you going to listen to what people tell you you need to do to get better as a player or are you just going to continue to think i'm six foot six i'm 285 pounds people are going to just give me the opportunity which this stupid ass old regime did pete and you don't reward guys who don't deserve it they did it it didn't work out he got hurt, quote, unquote, started missing meetings and went back to his lazy-ass self. And, you know, you said yesterday you're hoping to trade him for – after what he pulled yesterday, no, you couldn't trade him because he, you got zero faith in the guy. And, look, somebody will probably bring him in. And, and I see some fan bases, and I tried to tell them today, no, 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 no you don't because – and a lot of them with the Jets, you know, my Jet friends, and he's – you're bringing in a guy that's just not going to do what needs to be done, and that's not what you want if you're trying to get yourself from a lower echelon to a medium echelon or a medium echelon to a higher echelon in the power rankings in the NFL.
1: Right. Um, the issues that got Des Harrison you know, effectively cut uh, have been building. Uh, this is not new. They're the same issues. Uh, that got him kicked out of Texas. I mean, I don't think he has any drug offenses with Cleveland, but th- this, these were all issues with Texas. And, you know, when I mentioned what, I, what you know, if you want to call it reporting, mention what we've what I've been told, what we've been told. I've been in touch with, uh, uh, you know, his representation and some other people. Uh, you know, th- these are th- things that as soon as I mentioned this, uh, you know, I got people who cover Texas who said, yeah, this is the same guy. Um, has unbelievable talent, but has not uh, put in the work, found the necessary habits to sort of, you know, change the way he needs to change. And he has gotten opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And uh, anybody who's been around football long enough knows guys like this, Uh, all the talent in the world and, 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 you know, don't have, you know, the, the, Uh, necessarily the tools necessary to make it pay off. And that's, that's what God does. Harrison, he was a very talented player. Uh, And if you, if you ask people in Berea, they will tell you two things. He has incredible talent and he doesn't do the stuff he needs to do to ensure he, he got there. And I think, Hugh Jackson absolutely failed Desmond Harrison. He was hurt in training camp, missed half of training camp. Gets basically thrown him with the ones with almost no experience. Make, gets made a starter, basically betting that his talent will work out enough, despite the fact he was undersized, uh, needed to get stronger, was behind in that respect, uh, was hoping they'd figure it out. He didn't. He got absolutely destroyed. As Again, he was put in position to fail, and he did. And then... You know, a- after Hugh Jackson failed him, Desmond Harrison failed himself and didn't do those things necessary. And once he got benched, uh, once he got replaced by Greg Robinson, he, he basically reverted back to those bad habits, uh, you know, didn't, you know, fight. Instead, he had, you know, you can call it a pity party or whatever, but he he went into those same habits that got him in trouble uh, at previous stops. And-, and the reason he didn't get drafted uh, and, you know, the Browns needed Desmond Harrison last year. They didn't have enough guys. Uh, this was an issue. Remember, I mean, Joe Thomas retired. They didn't really have a great plan to deal with it. They brought in Greg Robinson. Fortunately, that worked out. But if you remember f- before that, it was, uh, okay, we're going to stick around with this. Hugh Jackson obviously made a number of stupid mistakes and jerked around Joe Batonio and Joe Austin Batonio. Corbett. <laughs> yeah, and Austin Corbett and, and – and, uh, you know, and, and Joe betonio talked about how he, you know, he wasn't comfortable with that and, 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 and thought it was a disservice to him. Uh, and they threw this kid out there, he failed, and then uh, that followed up by Desmond Harrison basically not doing himself any favors. And now, with you Jackson out of here, with more players in the building that they like, in Drew Forbes, uh, they've got Kendall Lamb who's been repping at left tackle as a backup, they've got uh, Brian finian and uh as a guy who can rep potentially, um, that you know, and and, and Freddie Kitchens as opposed to Hugh Jackson that he he gets he's not going to deal with this and it, it, this was the last straw uh, whether you know he missed his flight whether that was simply because. Uh, you know, there was a real issue. It's just one last thing that basically said, look, we're not dealing with this. It's not worth it. They've got enough talent where they don't have to do this. Now, having said that, I fully expect Desmond Harrison's going to get picked up uh, again. The talent is there and somebody will bet on it. This is one of those things. There's only so many guys who can do what he can do, even if he's physically undersized and all those things. But there are teams that need offensive linemen uh, and, and, there aren't enough, so I expect he will get another shot before ultimately, uh, and, and hopefully the next time he will, you know, if he does get that next shot, that maybe that will be the one that finally, you know, knocks something into place that sort of figures out, if I don't do this, I'm going to have to, you know, get a real job and, and whatever, but that's where this is headed, the Browns don't need it, uh, the Browns decide to move on. Uh, when he was asked about it, Freddie Kitchens, just said, uh, we, "We decided we're moving on, but it, this is, you know, this is not a one incident thing. This has been an issue that has been building. You know, they gave him the opportunity sort of this year. It was a no risk move uh, to sign him initially, and it was a no risk move to sort of let him hang around. And he cut himself, and that's what this comes down to.
0: And uh, look, it's you know." It- and you know Joe Thomas put out the tweet. There's the simplest things of be on time, be attentive, and contribute in meetings. And it, it, even if you have all the talent in the world, there's still things you need to do. But for Des Harrison, yes, there's guys who are starters and top-notch echelon players, and those are the guys. Look, you give them a free pass every now on now and then on some things. And this was the mistake that they made by saying, all right, you're the week one left starter. And Pete, we hammered away at this. You don't reward. And first things first, you, if you're a 25-year-old NFL rookie, you either grew up in Europe or you came from Canada or there's some feel-good story to it. But if you're a kid who's been on American soil this whole time, if you're a 25-year-old rookie, you're a screw-up that's that's why you're a freaking screw up so and, and to get handed and here you were you were a starter in the NFL they gave you a job and you did nothing to earn it and you pissed it away and, and look well, yes somebody else is going to give him a shot but it's the same old thing and you know look and the fact that nobody and we you know people had told us you know Austin Corbett found the weight room spent a lot of time in weight room and you know asking you know why haven't we heard anything about desmond harrison well i don't yeah i don't know i you know and he just did nothing ever it it reminds me if you know there's so many five-star recruits that go to college and flame out because they got by on who they were and their name and their ability but did nothing to better themselves at players And he is a prime example, and it always takes me back to the movie The Bronx Tale. There's nothing worse than wasted talent. God blessed you when you were born with something that a lot of people didn't have, but you did nothing to better it. And, I mean, good riddance at this point. You know, Forbes, obviously, you know, Joel told us here's a guy that, you know, walking around with his playlist, you know, hello, i got to get to a meeting, and, you know, Finney Oganoff, give these guys the opportunity that Desmond Harrison was going to get. Even if they don't pan out, they deserve it more. And, you know, know, good riddance to bad rubbish is is pretty much the thing with Desmond Harrison. And they probably let it go on too long. Because if the guy was literally significantly late to meetings or didn't even make it to meetings last year, he shouldn't have been in the building anyway, Pete.
1: No, I, I mean, but but this is the thing. It it, it gives Freddie Kitchen sort of the ability to make a point to his roster. Uh, I don't know if he needed to, but it's one of those things where he, you get to sort of remind people that you know there are no free rides and all that stuff. It it just allows you to do that. Uh, do it, you know. Again, this goes back to one bad planning by the front office, uh, and and some of that is you can sympathize with you. You you can't really plan. Uh, for Joe Thomas retiring within reason. It was a terrible class of offensive tackles. They were sort of thrown into, I mean, they could have taken Connor Williams. That was the guy I was sort of pulling for, but they put it with Austin Corbett and they always sort of picked him as an interior guy. They gave him that shot at left tackle just to, you know, see if he could do it. He couldn't. And then, you know, they, they, they went with the route they did and it was poor planning. And then you combine that with an incompetent head coach who in Hugh Jackson who you know sort of takes a bad situation and makes it worse. On the one hand, you want, you know, your interior is more important with what they had because they had two short shorter quarterbacks. Keeping that uh the the area around their feet cleaner was always more important. That's why uh in the end it it made more sense to have Batonio play guard than tackle. For them, it comes at a premium. You needed if if you were going to play Batonio at tackle. Austin Corbett as a rookie had to be good. He couldn't be average. He had to be good. Um, And that's, that's part of why right guard right now is a real question because that becomes a very important area. Center and guards with this, just like they are with Drew Brees, are critical. Doesn't mean left tackle and right tackle don't matter. It's just in terms of where the issues that cause the most problem for a guy like Mayfield, and a lot of quarterbacks really, is that interior spot. So they could sacrifice... They tried it with Des Harrison. They should have gone to Greg Robinson first. Uh, it was always peculiar. They didn't. Nevertheless, thankfully, uh, Greg Robinson was able to step in and, and play functionally. I mean, that, that, you know to, to think of how dysfunctional that position was to then getting, you know, it, it's not Greg Robinson was by no means great. But just being functional was that massive of an upgrade that it made all the difference in the world for that team. So it's, you know, it's unfortunate. I mean, and, 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 you know, the, the headline is, you know, starting left tackle gets cut. Well, you know, I, it, it sounds more meaningful than it is. I mean, it's a great headline, but this is this is sort of what happens. And, and I think this reinforces Freddie's message. I think it's really big for camping because he's not a guy who's going to mess around with this guy. He got, you know, he's a hard, uh, an old school guy in terms of what he wants from his players. And, and I, and I think what that offensive line room wants demands from themselves. And, and I think this just providing an opportunity for everybody to sort of reinforce the message the building has, that they're not going to mess around with this stuff. And, and, you know they didn't make a big point of it publicly which is probably for the better but i think in the building it sends a, a more important message
0: well and it goes down to the whole thing of you know if you know with the you know if you're not wearing orange or brown you don't matter if you're not with us you're against us and des harrison just tried to create his own path and the problem is is once they gave Greg robinson the contract for this year that was you were not a starter and you know if you you know, the, the like you said, the pity or the pouting and whatever. No, you're not worth it. You're not worth the trouble. I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll take the gamble on younger guys, and Campman. Obviously, well, what do you mean? He, he's late. What do you mean? I mean, these are guys you want me to. No, then I will work with somebody else. So you know, with that, you know, shutters an end to the Devs Harrison error in Cleveland, and let's put it this way, guys. In about a year. Everybody would be like, wow, oh, remember that little time Desmond Harrison was around? And for all the people who gave us some hard times about the hard times that we gave to Desmond Harrison, we won. We'll just let that go. Uh, Untuck it. Always thankful for the sponsorship of Lockdown Browse. Dads come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and so should their shirts. Tall, short, slim, relaxed. Ever wonder why your father's button-up looks so long and uh, long and baggy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off a casual untucked look that isn't sloppy that's where untuck it comes in untuck it is the solution that fits just right their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend just makes for a casual more look uh you got a lot to do on the weekends whether it's home depot whether it's kids sports games whether it's around the barbecue whatever um, no tucking. I'm um, sorry. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com. Promo code NFL to get 20% off. And as always, thank them for their sponsorship of Locked On Browns. We will get to uh, obviously you know the action today, but uh, Pete, uh, I know you took a lot away from it. I took a lot away. You know, I I took a lot away from it, and I've I've heard Odell talk hundreds of times, but. I think people don't understand that there is... I think people a, equate, because he doesn't do OTAs, that there isn't a passion for this game or a passion for the work ethic that requires you... requires you, in order for you to be great, which Odell has in spades. But uh, go ahead, give me your thoughts here today. on you know, Odell getting to speak, and it, it, you can hear it, and it's, it's, it, it's new for him after five years to be here. And I I... I'm going to say, it, Pete, I think he may have a little man crush on somebody in this building.
1: Uh, Right. So, you know, first thing, first, he sounded really happy. Um, He sounded really excited. Uh, You know, my immediate reaction was nobody had to nobody had to twist this guy's arm or beg him to come to Cleveland. No one. And, And if you listen to it and you come away with the idea that, you know this idea that well Jarvis Landry had to talk him into it. I'm sorry, I, I said it was bullshit at the time. I'm saying it's bullshit now because you listen to him and that and there's nothing in that presser, that media availability that comes off as that being true or anything being fake around it. Uh, I mean, he he went stream of consciousness a couple times in terms of his own you know happiness and 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 where he is at his life. But you know he talked about how uh, he. Know, spent he he knew Baker Mayfield long before he got here, and he had a relationship with Baker Mayfield, he felt close to Baker Mayfield. And then, you know, in that, if you listen to the whole availability thing, he basically wrote a love letter to Baker Mayfield at one point. Uh, so this idea that you know, it was he was uncomfortable with the the idea of going to Cleveland or any of that other junk it just doesn't wash with what you listen to. And, and I think that comes down to the inferiority complex that, that Cleveland has, uh, ha, you know, has had for years uh, with worrying about how, you know, this idea that players don't want to come here because they are Cleveland as a public market. And, you know, I, I don't, I just didn't see it, now, there, there, but there's a lot of interesting things. I think, uh, Beckham was very thoughtful. He, he got some questions that he really took some time to sort of talk about in terms of like his, the way he thinks about the game of football and in terms of comparing comparisons. He, he, he went length in terms of, uh, he was asked about, you know, what, his comparison to Baker Mayfield with Brett Favre, and he sort of went into depth about why he felt that way and why he thought it was an apt comparison and, and how he doesn't just watch football. Uh, you know, he sort of, he really, you know, really digests, it really soaks in football. It's more than just something he does. You know, there are guys, uh, you know, that, that don't even watch football. They aren't playing. Uh, he's the opposite, where he's so passionate about what he does. That he's, he's, he's sort of like Belichick in that way that he just, he's a sponge and everything, and he really takes in, everything and he's really bright and intelligent and how how he discusses it. Now there's things that you can say, well he comes off sort of weird. I think that's part of who he is. I think he's a he's you know he's a different dude in certain respects, but at no point did any of that come off as uh you know arrogant necessarily or you know contrived or fake or any of that stuff. And, And and I think maybe the most interesting stuff about it was him sort of being really honest about how he comes off to other people, uh, being considered standoffish and people, you know, having the idea that he thinks he's, you know, too good for them and all that other stuff. And he he basically talked about how he's, you know, he's been dealing with that his whole life. And, and he, he, you know, as much as he doesn't think his actions reflect that, that he just sort of has to you know deal with it. And he, a lot of this stuff, I think, uh, was, in terms of this offseason, talking about you know uh, the getting to a place where he's never been to his family and friends. I think a lot of that was coming to grips with the fact that he can't control how people feel about him and those type of things, and he's just trying to sort of get to a point where he can let it go uh, and just worry about what he can control. And it will be interesting to see how that goes. But I mean, the thing lasted for 20 minutes and he, he goes on several uh, uh, really thoughtful talks about various issues. And, and a lot of it is how excited he is, how good he thinks this team is. He's you know, talking about a lot of his teammates, you know, the defenses and all that stuff and how the, all this is basically fueling him. And he did talk about his body and, and why he did the things he did as far as the OTAs and, and sort of taking it from his and, and the number one critic of Beckham was, which is completely predictable because he did the exact same thing last year with Baker Mayfield: is criticize, 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 show up, and then fall in love, which is Tony Grossi did. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and I give him credit; at least he didn't ask Odell Beckham if he golfs this time, which I think partly is because there were about fifty media members in there. It was. Loaded, uh, you know, was,
0: which is funny, though, because if he did his homework, he would have known Odell is messing around a little bit with golf. So go ahead, Tony, do some homework because you would have known you could have got away with that question.
1: But this is one of those things where, you know, we get into this and you come out with a half assed, no effort conclusion. Argue it, argue it, argue it, argue it, which you did for both. You did with Mayfield calling him Johnny 2.0. Uh, and then you did it with o- Odell Beckham saying he was like basically selfish and lazy and all these other things, and he was doing damage to the team. Then you come out and and both times you basically have to sit there and own it. Which I I suppose on one side you have to give him credit for that that he didn't come out uh, and and you know steadfastly still clung to the idea that he's. he's uh, Still believes these things, but on the other hand, it, it it is it is a completely hollow, obvious move that people need to stop buying and and you know listening to because this, this is this is what he does.
0: But the thing, and just you know, and love every minute of it. And this is the thing, and you know, he doesn't feel he needed a fresh start. He felt he was okay in New York. And look, if if you saw some of the stuff from Giants OTAs today and. And Odell did take that dig today. Huh? i got to get a little bit ready, a little more heat coming on these balls, a little bit out of the cut. But th- this is what you're getting. You're getting a guy. He doesn't maybe want to be the vocal leader, which sometimes will happen because a guy is that talented. He'll be fine with letting Baker and Miles and these other guys do that. But make no mistake, you are going to get – the best sixty minutes of Odell Beckham week in, week out, and it was—I mean—I threw it in the ears, and I, you know, that was what I drove home to. And that was my car ride right home, and it was, this is it. And for me, I think, I think maybe the smaller city. In and this is guys, this is not a knock on Cleveland, but as opposed to New York, and he's not dealing with everything the way he was in New York. I think this is going to be better for him, and I do believe this city. This fan base will embrace him and appreciate him more. And they'll understand there's some things they're not going to like about him. But it's, it's, and I will continue to harp on this, it is not that he does not love what he does. It is not that he does not put in the work. It is not that he consistently works at his craft. He does all of these things. Just enjoy it because the guy will put up Numbers upon numbers. And, you know, Pete, now we talked about this from jump. When you have a quarterback like Baker with the supreme accuracy that he has, you pair that with Odell who runs these routes to the T. It's going to be nice. It's, it's going to be really, really stinking nice. And I guess we'll parlay that into this here, Pete. Um, you had some nice matchups, and I think this is a great thing to do with Denzel Ward put him on him and uh, put him on him a ton because how else are you going to get better by facing the you know one of the best but Denzel still in second year two there's a lot to learn but this is something you want to do I mean you know get these reps in now because there's going to be a lot of Sundays where it's like man I don't care who's in front of me I'm facing Odell 35 Fifty reps during the week to get ready for this. You ain't got that.
1: Yeah, from um, presser to presser from players, there seems to be a lot of excitement in the idea that playing against these uh, these guys. uh, You know, Odell talking about Denzel Ward is is a great player and going to make him better. I, I think. You listen to some of these guys; uh, they're they're really excited about how competitive and challenging this camp and and, and stuff is going to be, and, and how they feel like it's going to make them a, a much better football team. Um, now they may change; they may get tired of that, uh, you know, when it's you know, the second week of August, and they they really don't want to do this anymore. But I, I, I do think you know it's going to make them. Uh, you know a better football team and it's you know how, how do you how do you not embrace the challenge of if you're Denzel Ward getting to play uh, Odell Beckham you know this much or if you're Greedy Williams and you get to cover him or if you're uh, you know you're Sheldon Richardson and you're, you're going up against J.C. Treder and Joel Petonio these guys are going to make you better football players and I, I think that is going, you know, they, they mentioned it. I mean, I, I, Odell used the word, you know, used the term iron sharpens iron at one point in the presser. And I think that's going to be a theme uh, with this group uh, that, that they're going to just, they have so many players in here that aren't just good players, but they are guys who are getting better that it's only going to help them get better and better. And, and the guys like, you know, to be particularly excited about are, are guys like Ward, guys like Greedy Williams, guys like uh, Antonio Callaway, guys like Richard Higgins, like just that matchup. And, you know, Austin Corbett and Kyle Kalis and anyone else, those young guys, Drew Forbes, uh, Finian Ganofo, all those guys that are going against, you know, genuine studs up front. And basically if they can't block them, then they're not going to be able to block You know, the best of the best on Sundays. Meanwhile, if they can, that's a really good indication that they belong in this league. And it breeds a ton of confidence for when they do have to get in there and play. And it gives them a really honest look to sort of uh, see what they could do. Because, you know, this is one of those things, and I don't care what level you're at, you can sometimes get caught up, you know, with how good you think you are based on what you're able to do in practice. And you suddenly go up against better competition. Competition, you're like whoa what happened and you, you get you know you get your doors blown off at some point and you, you have that reality check you, there, there may be situations where these these Browns players are going to go from practice and scrimmaging against their own guys to Sundays where it's actually the opposite and it's actually a little bit easier I mean you know Denzel Ward goes up against you know I'm trying to Baltimore. I mean, just who on Baltimore compares to Odell Beckham? I mean, Tennessee on Bal- Week
0: One, Tennessee Week One, it's going to be a cakewalk for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, they don't get me wrong. It's it's Corey Davis is a really nice player, and they've got some really nice weapons, but none of them is Odell Beckham, uh, and and that's that's a huge advantage, and certainly something that that really per- uh, suggests good things for this team. Now, the the other part of that is, and and we will keep mentioning this is. Got to be healthy. Got to stay healthy. Got to be smart in that, and that's that's big on the coaching staff. That's uh, a big time responsibility uh, that they have to be able to manage their guys and keep them fresh. That they a are healthy for all sixteen games and beyond. And then, uh, you know, how do you how, how how smart are you to sort of understand when you know even if guys are trying to push through it, and you've got to you know. Shut them down for a day, or get somebody else reps, or whatever. Like those things are going to matter. And you know, when when are player when do players sort of recognize that they they need to, you know, take it off, take, uh, drop off the accelerator a little bit when they're going against each other in practice and not grind themselves down.
0: Yeah, well, that is a key. And even you know, we 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 mocked on this a little bit last year, where you know pitch count and guys. You know, this may be a little bit more something that could apply to this year and, you know, with, you know, preseason games, Friday night, Saturday, whatever they are, you know, guys, you don't need to be busting each other to the ground on a Wednesday just because your competitive juice has got the better part of you. And that is definitely something and that will be difficult for Freddie due to the fact obviously, you know, a first time head coach at any level whatsoever. That is something he's going to have to pursue. Um, We brought him up yesterday, but Pete, obviously a couple more plays today. And Greedy Williams, I mean, I don't want to say maybe he's on the accelerated path, but maybe he is.
1: Well, okay, so one, I think you have every right to be excited about Greedy Williams if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. However, if you want to, to look at the flip side of this, this is the time that Greedy Williams should really shine he doesn't have to hit anybody. I mean, he's in shorts and gets run around cover. That doesn't mean that doesn't matter. Uh, if he's able to put productive reps against a quality group of receivers, that's great. But I mean, obviously, you know, you can check every box from a coverage standpoint and all that stuff. But when the pads come on, what's going to happen is he gonna be able to take guys to the ground. Is he going to be able to hold up to that kind of physical punishment? All those things. He is a very skinny dude, <laughs> If you ever get a chance to see him in person, you know, he's a really skinny guy. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean he's not tough. It doesn't mean he can't get a little bit stronger, but that is something to be aware of. So I think you should absolutely be excited about Greedy Williams. It's, you know, hitting ground running is is great. It, like we talk about, uh, have mentioned any number of times, OTAs, you want to count in as many guys as you can. You can, you don't want to count anybody out. And it seems like right now, Greedy Williams is a guy you can count in, but everything with Greedy Williams comes with the caveat of what happens when the pads come on and he's going against, you know, Sunday afternoon type dudes. Can he hold up? And if he can, then you're sitting there going, wow, this could be really special for now. It's great, but there's a but.
0: Hello? With you know, with greedy, the thing is, is you know, Joe, uh, you know, Connor, Mark Ingram, Joe Mixon, these guys are gonna be coming around the corner. They're gonna get the corner. You've got to do your job, and you've got to be ready to. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be pretty, but you have got to be a functional, and you have to be a contributing tackler, and that will be the thing. With uh, you know, with greedy, obviously none of that we're gonna be able to monitor till August, and guys, you know, this is some of the things we said about Denzel last year at this time, and got himself into a little bit of trouble, but what did he do the first preseason game? Drew himself a 15-yard penalty against the New York Giants, laying some wood. Like, all right, you no, know, I'll get paid. If you're going to pay me, yeah, I'm going to hit. So that's it. Pete, anything you want to take out of today before we start getting to some listener questions? Um... The continued rotation, look, I think right now they're having a, a whole bunch of linemen do a whole bunch of things. And right now they feel they have four starters, and they're just going to just let everybody kind of rotate, do a whole bunch of stuff, and figure it out as it goes.
1: The only thing I would point out, because it's not getting very much coverage, is how much they are moving Miles Garrett around and Olivier Vernon around, uh, miles, Garrett. a little
0: bit of it. we're seeing some NASCAR Pete. We're seeing some NASCAR. Well,
1: yeah, that was, you know, like, again, that was one of those things where, you know, as soon as this happened, it was how, how fast can we get miles Garrett at the three with Avery and, 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 uh, Vernon on the outside coming. And that seems to be a thing they're embracing. But the other, other part of that, that, you know, it wasn't clear, how much of this going to happen is is they seem to be toying a lot with Miles Garrett going over to the left end, uh, with Vernon being able to go to the right end, which the is good. All
0: these poor right tackles.
1: Right, I mean that's the thing is is again find the turd, the turd on so many of these teams is Matt Feeler, uh, Bobby Hart, you know those type of guys, and you can put a guy like Miles Garrett and move him around. Yeah, it's insane to me that you would have this guy and basically say, you're only going to be at the spot so they can game plan for this. Now they have to think about, they have to game plan for, and, and, and every single one of those linemen has to now prepare for miles Garrett. And they have to prepare for Olivier Vernon and they have to prepare for uh, Sheldon Richardson and they have to prepare for Larry Ogunjobi and Gennard Avery. That is a huge advantage to have. And why wouldn't you do that? and, You know, there, there seems to be a lot with Steve Wilkes and sort of moving guys around, which is great. You know, that was a frustration, obviously, with Greg Williams, among others. But that is one of the things I'm most excited about. And again, this is another one of those things where, I, you know, I, I know, and I poked fun at it, Freddie Kitchen's asking, begging people to ask about defense. And, and you got more of that today, which is great. But part of the reason it's hard to talk about defense is because it's another area where until you get pads on, it's really hard to sort of appreciate it outside of, you know, straight coverage. Uh, I mean, you can admire Miles Garrett's speed and explosiveness and all that stuff. But it's really hard to sort of get a sense of just how special guys are. When they can't go full go and and guys look like they're getting, you know, sacks where linemen just have to stop because of the nature of the beast or the flip side of that is, you know, defensive linemen aren't supposed to bull rush uh, in this type of scenario, which gives an advantage to offensive linemen. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's I think the reasons to get more excited about the defense will will continue coming. And so right now it's a lot easier to get more excited about the offense. Uh, obviously, you've got a lot of toys there, and a lot; those toys can sort of show off right now, as opposed to uh, lay, you know, a, a, as opposed to the defense, where it's a little
0: bit harder to showcase. Yeah, and, and look, even still, though, I mean, you know, with the defense making some plays and the interceptions of Baker, understand those guys are are pretty good too. And uh, and look, you know, to keep with it, the iron sharpening iron. Look, it's there's going to be some battles, and it's going to be interesting how they control it all because. You know there's just too much talent on both sides of the ball and these guys look i mean it doesn't matter when when you say it's live and it's buckle up and put your mouthpieces in these you you revert to the football player you've always been it doesn't matter that it's practice you want to go 100% so it's it's in guys the product just enjoy it because it's there uh, the folks over at GRIP6 always thank them for uh, their sponsorship of Locked On Browns. The goal with GRIP6 is to literally make the best belt that has ever been made. GRIP6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and now with women's lined, moms, aunts, wives, whatever, ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with a buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable, GRIP6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. GRIP6 has a special offer for all of you at GRIP6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E. Make sure you're checking it out, guys. It hey, gals, it makes free. Next Father's Day present. something part of a package. Do something here. All right, GRIP6, you for the sponsorship of Locked on Browns. We will roll on into some listener questions, and uh, as always... Appreciate you guys for jumping in here and doing this type of stuff for us. Uh, Pete, uh, all right, this would be from Doug and Chuck. Okay, Doug and Chuck. What's a borderline roster player that you've heard the most buzz about to this point?
1: Uh, I think the answer for that is obviously Kyle Kalis uh, at this point. Um, He's a guy who uh, was barely on the roster at the end of last year, and you know, it's unclear how far this is going to go, but, you know, he's in the mix for potentially, uh, you know, writing right guard. Uh, I think ultimately whatever happens with him um, and the rest of that roster as far as offensive line, I think Kyle Kalis is going to prove if nothing else, he is an NFL player, whether it's with Cleveland or someone else. And I think. Uh, that is good for him uh, and, and good for the Browns because that's one more NFL player they have to choose from. Uh, but I think, you know, whether whether it's here or somewhere else, I think he's going to find his way to help a team.
0: I'll go, it seems the buzz about Jermaine Whitehead is very positive. But, uh, you know, Callis, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's, it's just continuing to go on. And obviously they like him and – but, again, once pads are on, you've got a better idea on this. But there's a – last year we talked about, you know, who's going to be on the final 53. It was kind of like, well, we're at 49. I don't know who the rest are. It's going to be a lot, lot different this year when you're like, well, I got 62. Why do I got to get rid of these other nine? So we'll see how that all plays out. Um, from uh, Tyson at T.Y. Himes, who's got the second most swag on the Browns? Behind Odell Beckham. Are we sure Odell is, is first? Are we sure, Pete? It might be six. It really might yeah, be was number six.
1: Big <laughs> Field, uh, I, I think Big Field takes a back seat to no one on this one. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: He got fined for... Essentially, doing the Major League Two celebrate you know celebration after the
0: uh, yeah,
1: it. it's a home run. Uh, questioning the size of uh, someone's testicles. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think Baker Mayfield's up there. You, know, the you want to call it a tie
0: at one? That's okay too. But go ahead. The,
1: the other guy, I would say, has a ton of it, and I think as as we get further along, you're going to see more and more of it. Is Sheldon Richardson? Mm-hmm. That dude. He's, he's very short and to the point, but he says a lot is it, very li- little. Um, he, his pressure is fascinating. Uh, he he doesn't give people a lot of ways places to go. Uh, it was hilarious watching Terry Pluto ask try to ask in three different ways about what this team has to do to sort of reach their goals. And the first time he did it, he cut him off and goes, win more games, score, score more points. points. <laughs> I mean, it's just like that. But at one point, he's like, you know, it, he wasn't criticizing Gerald McCoy, but he was basically saying, like, I'm really good, uh, and and you know, if Gerald McCoy came here, he's gonna play, have to come in and play nose next to me. Um, you gotta like so that. He uh, he's interesting, and, and he had a, he had another really good quote about uh, uh, you know the defensive line competition in general. Uh, he, he, he go in regards to sort of the, I I think it was Dan lobby or Nate Ulrich asking about, uh, you know, the, 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 competition of the pass rush and, and hit, you know, trying to outdo each other. And his, 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 uh, response was, if you don't need me, beat me. Uh, so, you know, that's one of those things where like, uh, you know, he's, he, he is a, a, he's got, he's got sort of that shack pithy quality to him, um, he, he, he's got some good, you know, some good one, one liners, uh, and, and he's, he's just an interesting dude. I I hope he can, you know, I, I, and, and, and I've said this from the beginning. I think this, this, meet, uh, defensive line room will be really, really good for him, uh, in terms of keeping him focused and all that stuff, but it also sort of forces him to raise his game because, you know, he might be the third fourth best defensive ta- defensive lineman on this team. Uh, depending on you know w- how things play out, so it's 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 a, a real opportunity for him to sort of showcase, you know how good he can be, and on any given Sunday, you know who's the best that week, and I think that's something that he and all those other guys are sort of really uh, excited about.
0: And we we talked about this. We talked about this last night, and it, it, you know it, this started last year with Larry and Miles, and it was the inner competition of. Being great for the greater good, but now you got two more names into it, and I guess Genard Avery. Look, I, from everything you're hearing, Genard Avery is part of that group. Um, he's maybe only going to play linebacker in a pinch, which I'm fine with. That's fine. <laughs> I have no problem with that.
1: This is one of those things, like I, you know, I, you mentioned this, and well, he's part of the linebacker group first. Who cares? And B. No, he's not. He's really, really not. He's going to be a defensive end, and and they're not going to mess around that. I mean, if they want to line him up a couple yards further away, so be it. It's effectively dropping a guy into coverage at that point. But at no point are you sitting there, are, are you really calling what Gennard Avery does, outside of some very rare circumstances, a blitz. He is part of the pass rush, and if you're part of the pass rush, you're generally considered part of the defensive line, or that term loses all meaning. But yes, I think, you know, whatever idea about him playing a meaningful amount of Sam linebacker reps went out the window when they drafted uh, Sione Takitaki because I think that's the job he's going to have.
0: And I, in, 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 and kudos to them because you know you drafted a guy last year. In look, they either way you hit a home run with John Avery because you got a player in the fifth round who contributed right off the bat. But finding what he is best at. And, you know, I had talked about this a million times. Where is this Elvis, Elvis Dumerville type, the guy who is a pass rush specialist? And, look, it, it looks like it's going to be Gennard. And you see these reps. And for a guy who is, you know, six feet and change, he is ridiculously country boy strong, and he'll bring a nice addition to it.
1: He's, um, a, he's a power lifter with speed. I mean, he was legitimately a power lifter, and he's, yep. he's athletic.
0: So it was either, you know, go out and shoot some animals as a hunter or just, you know, throw some weight around for the fun of it. And But, yeah, oh, oh my God. You, know, you put Gerard Avery in there, and now you have, you know, you will, that gives you a four-end rotation because you can use Sheldon in that role with Larry. Figure out the rest. Uh, somebody develop. Somebody gets cut June 1st. Uh, I'll tell you right now, don't cut any tackles in late July or August because this team will be on that. Um, at underscore rel underscore, and this, thanks for bringing this up because there was so much went on today and it almost seemed like it was a blip on the radar scar, uh, the blip on the radar screen. Uh, Trent, Trent Williams, Pete, the injuries do scare you, but the guy's got a shitload of talent, Pete.
1: Um, so it's a report from Jason and So let's put that out there. His track record is spotty. So of,
0: he- grain of salt.
1: <laughs> but though he is from the area, and he probably does have you know enough insight to and and ability to get to uh, Trent Williams' people to find that one out. Um, Trent Williams is a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. If he if, if there's any doubt about that, it's insane. He is a legit Hall of Famer. The issue he has with the Washington Redskins is he does not feel that they ha- they handled his uh, his medical situation appropriately uh and to the best of their ability which obviously raises questions because now you're immediately thinking well what are we going to find out if we acquire him so that's the first thing is he you know you're gonna it, it, whatever you have you're gonna have your, your your medical your your doctors look at him and, and see what they come up with having said that um if he is actually available he is uh, tremendous he's under year for two con- two years under contract for two years uh the the two years are very reasonable uh they can swing a deal theoretically if the redskins were so inclined if you know they 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 could swing a deal where they trade get greg robinson uh that works from a financial standpoint it doesn't kill them by any stretch uh but you know, teams aren't in the market to give away Hall of Famers and especially a Washington Redskins team that has ownership that is could not get any lower in terms of how the fan base there feels about him. So he could hard ass Troy Williams to basically call his bluff and, and sit, let him sit out if that's what he really wants to do uh, and basically say, you know, if you don't want to play for for us, that's fine. You, you cannot get paid. Uh, because you know the Redskins are pretty bad. Uh, you know they may be okay, uh, a mediocre football team. The flip side of that is they do have Dwayne Haskins. Uh, they do have a rookie quarterback that you know that's probably going to end up on the field faster than than you know you'd like. But uh, with that, if Trent Williams is indeed you know adamant and his not wanting to play for the Redskins any, any further. Some people might call him a professional crybaby at that point.
0: Uh, Seems but, like a, that's a popular phrase these last couple of days is crybaby, which needs so, to be lost because I hear you all. I see title, all.
1: all that nonsense. Yes. Uh, you know, and it's similar. The, the, the circumstances are different, and uh, you know, but ultimately he said, you know, the, the bottom line is in both situations, the, the word that was lost was trust um and especially when it comes to his body uh, you, certainly you can understand that it, you know it's a question of what they really did do, you know do at that point uh but you're not giving him away and you know that could be potentially more expensive than you'd like it to be uh and there are other teams that could potentially be in the market for him but if there's a package where you could potentially move him and you're 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 content with where his health is at he is unbelievably gifted uh and he's 31 so you'd get him at 31 and 32 years old which you know as, again as long as the body is right you're more than comfortable with it fits within that window you're wanting to compete with but you know the price tag may too may, may be too much i mean if you if you're saying that you know, we can throw Greg Robinson and Duke Johnson at them and and they'll take him. I, I, I doubt it. Uh, maybe Greg Robinson simply because they'd like to get a tackle back. Uh, but I expect you're, you, you, that would come with some draft capital. And, you know, it's a question of how much. Uh, and, you know, is there is it conditional? Is it, you know, a hard and fast something that maybe you don't want to give up? The one thing that I cannot stress enough is the Browns need, need their premium draft picks uh, because they have to be able to get cost-controlled talent that can come in and help them. So if you're talking well, exactly. about... exactly.
0: If you're going to give up a premium draft pick to get Trent Williams and then Trent Williams ends up not panning out because of injuries, you needed that pick to draft your future left tackle.
1: Right. So, uh,
0: you know, I... I
1: It wouldn't surprise me if Dorsey puts on a phone call. I tend to doubt that this is going to lead to anything here. Uh, I think there are teams that will be more desperate for this situation, including one that made this stupid, stupid mistake before uh, when they they did the same type of deal and gave away Dwayne Brown for nothing, and that would be the Houston Texans. They've got a couple of rookies they're counting on. Uh, they if, if they if they aren't comfortable, they may be a team that makes a desperate play for him. But there are some teams out there that that do really need some left tackle help. Arizona uh, that could could <laughs> make a bigger play uh, for Trent Williams. Now, the one advantage the Browns do have is you know the move would be out of conference, so it'd be more inclined for the Redskins to want to make that move. But this is uh, I I think this is largely trying to make something out of nothing in the end but it's at least an interesting conversation because Trent Williams is really really good and it's funny because you know we we, you're disappointed in Gerald McCoy not coming here and all that but then yet another potential opportunity presents itself to add a great player it's one of those things where you can't you know you can't get too caught up in, in these missed things because there's always another opportunity and maybe this is the one that ultimately happens I just think it's very unlikely.
0: And look, it would be nice, but I I think the cost would end up being too much. And look, there's going to be holes to fill, obviously, with you know the amount of guys that are going to make big money on this team, and you're going to need guys like you said on those nice controlled contracts. Um, one more. I'm, weird.
1: I'm weirdly confident in Greg Robinson. It's completely. Yeah, you
0: are. I mean, even and you know our buddy Sully threw in a question here, and the guys tried to jump all over him. Um, so guys, he's busting chops. Sully's a buddy. Um, and guess what this is? He's got Patrick Mahomes. So right now he holds the he holds the trump card. So leave Sully alone in that one. That's
1: that's maybe the other reason I'm not as high on the idea of Trent Williams is because I'm irrationally confident it, that Greg Robinson's
0: going to have a great year. And most um, people would say, "What are you drinking, Pete? What are you drinking that has you this excited about Greg Robinson?" But look. I, I know who trains him and I yep. I
1: feel like last year was a big confidence booster for him. Well, that is the, that is
0: the thing. That is the
1: thing in James Campen, I, I you know, they, they're not messing around with it. He's working with Betonio the whole way this year. Yep. Uh, I, you know, we'll see. I, I am totally ready, ready to be dead wrong on this. I really want to see him be the run blocker that he was at Auburn and really own that part of the game and dominate that front. But well, for whatever reason, I am irrationally confident in, in in Greg Robinson for this year.
0: So we went from the Greg Robinson could possibly play his way out of Cleveland, or he won't be good enough. That part is thrown out. We're throwing that part out. Greg Robinson is going to play his way out to a huge contract somewhere else. I, I,
1: <laughs> that is, yeah. I mean, I I mean that's the, the my original point still true. I don't think there's any. I, I think you're trying to thread a needle. Uh, with any contract for Greg Robinson and and the level of play he has to have to sort of make it so you want him back for another year. I don't think he's back, but I, I am more inclined to believe that he's going to get a, a, a contract and, and, you know, that, that everybody's going to crush for when he signs somewhere for it. But in my mind, if he, if he plays great this year or, you know, good enough, God bless him, he did everything he needed to do for the Browns and he gets that rich reward somewhere else. Great win-win.
0: And it's always nice to see a guy who had, you know, came in with so much promise, carried a massive label as a bust, and then find your way to just shed it and get your get your life, get your career on track. Uh, last one here from John uh, at John nine seven nine three eight two one nine. I gotta be honest, John, with your handle, the only thing I'm thinking is at John eight six seven five three zero nine. But it is a good question. Um, some people have asked this. Um, the contract status with Kareem Hunt after 2019. Go ahead, Pete.
1: He is a restricted free agent. Um, and at that point, the Browns have options. They could tender him uh, at various levels, or they could just go ahead and sort of let a team sign him uh, and take you know the compensation for it, uh, which I think is more likely to go. But, I mean, you could something along the lines of a second round tender and see if a team bites on it. I'm guessing that's not likely to happen. Maybe an original round tender. Uh, but my guess is they won't tender him at all. And they'll just basically allow, uh, they'll have the ability to write a write refusal. Uh, but I, I think in this case, they they will find a way to either uh, the team will sign him and they'll get something for it or they will work out some sort of deal where you know they they effectively agree to release his rights for something, and he signs somewhere else. I, I, I and I, I again, I, I'm prepared to be dead wrong. I, I think this is one of those things where if you can get a productive, great year out of out of uh, out of Cream Hunt, you don't gamble and let it come back to bite you, and you let that sort of pay off, and you move on. You're you're going to have to. Uh, get another guy, which is fine, but you're not going to want to put a ton of money into running back, assuming it would cost much. But I, I think it becomes a really unlikely possibility that he's back for another year. I think somebody will at that point will will, you know, if he proves himself, there are enough desperate teams out there will will give him enough money that will make it worth it. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Obviously, you had this situation with Rashard Higgins. That restricted thing does scare off a lot of people, uh, and they feel like they don't want to negotiate your contract for you. But I think in this case it might be different because, you know, the, the Browns would sort of be sending the message that they don't really in, intend to uh, match an offer, and, and they are going to go ahead and let him go.
0: Um, and the first thing I'll look at is a team like Philly, who's, you know, using four and five running backs and, you know, maybe you could just pay Kareem Hunt and another guy or two. But, uh, I, you know, and there's always the theory of well, with a guy like Kareem Hunt is, will you take him and hopefully you basically change the odor to a new car smell and now that things are better and he's gone 18, 24 months of a cleaner off-the-field profile. Now we're a little bit more into it. So there the is team a-
1: that out at me for this is the Ravens. That's the one thing where I think people would get nervous is I think the Ravens will be out there uh, ready to pounce.
0: Yeah, But in the same respect, we have no idea where this Ravens team is going to be within a year. It's going to be about whether or not Lamar found himself, if they let him find himself, and, or at least they give him the opportunity to prove it, which who knows, who knows freaking knows what the Ravens got us doing down there Pete before we put a bow on this is there anything we've missed
1: I don't think so uh, I think I think we're all good
0: all right uh, look guys uh, you know obviously some teams still going through OTAs um, I sat down and recorded a little bit today with um, our lockdown 49ers host Brian Peacock and if you're looking for anybody to hate for me being here Ryan peacock would be your guy who got me in the door but look we're getting to enjoy mini camps and the realism of what this can all be and obviously odell and rashard and antonio and joku and not i just go on and on and on and on and it is june 5th and the product is looking good just continue to marinate protect no injuries knock on wood and no knucklehead bullshit which should be to a beautifully promising 2019 Cleveland Brown season. Pete's over at Browns Maven. Make sure you're following at Browns Maven on Twitter, uh, brownsmaven.com. Pete is putting up a ton of stuff. And look, the way this mini camp is going, it's just allowing Pete to just put out content after content. You know, whether it's a Harrison cutting or whether it's Odell's presser, Pete's just able to put out a ton of stuff over there. Make sure you are checking it out. Uh, make sure you're following Pete over at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, the Locked On Browns Twitter account at On Browns. Go ahead, throw a follow over there. It's always follow back. Anything you do not want to put on the timeline, go ahead and DM over there. I've gotten a bunch of them. I appreciate it, guys. And, look, I understand some of you who are Twitter shy. I, have, I, I get it. Trust me with the nonsense we deal with day in, day out. I get it. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Go ahead, throw a follow over there, uh, guys. It's like the juices kind of get flowing with this. You get football type of stuff, and you know you're inside today. Oh, and by the way, Greg Joseph, nice job. Uh, maybe this the, this kicker battle is going to go on for a while, but good for Greg Joseph because uh, you know big kick last year. You know did was asked of him. We'll see how it plays out. Kicker position, who knows? But well, you know just continue to monitor there. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the L O B. Let's go Browns.